Love Talk Radio. Good morning. My name is Jeanette Abney, and I am a licensed and marriage funding therapist as well as the host of Friendship Predicaments Love Talk Radio. I tried to put the information out to go on Facebook, but it will take it too long. I guess I need to, like my daughter said, upgrade my phones as well as see what's going on with my Internet because it got stuck. So I want to thank you for joining me here today at, again, Participation Blog Talk Radio. And if you're on Facebook Live, I'm not going to be on here long because I don't like holding this phone in my hand. So today's topic has to do with after salvation. Now, when we talk about salvation, that's an interesting topic, especially considering that many individuals are going through a lot of different things. And I've heard a lot of saying as it relates to salvation as I was putting the show together, I realized I kind of wrote it wrong with the topic. As the pastor that's going to be um, on with us today, he indicated I was supposed to talk about in regards to salvation and what to do with the heart. So he's on right now, so let me lock him on. Thank you, Joanne, for joining us. Hopefully you can call in also as we talk about this topic. Good Good morning, Reverend Mike Johnson. How are you doing? Good morning, good morning. A little late off. You can't tell your mama get off the phone, so I had to finish my conversation. <laughs> well, you know what? That's true. And tell your mama I said hi because I meant to contact her after the Dodgers won just to see how she was doing because I missed her wisdom and talking to her. So I need to give her a call. So Yeah, she's still floating on cloud nine. <laughs> I can imagine. You know, and it's interesting, and like I said, I owned up to my mistake when you indicated what you wanted to talk about, and I kind of was put it together as after salvation. But I was like, after salvation, what happens after salvation? So when I was putting the information and doing my research and, you know, and I was coming up with a lot of stuff, but my question is, why did you find this topic to be dear to your heart when you're talking about after salvation in regards to the heart and what you meant by that? Okay, because there has to be a change that takes place. In uh-huh. Romans uh, 10, 9, and 10, it says that if you confess with your mouth, Lord Jesus, and believe in your heart that God has raised them from the dead, you will be saved. Mm-hmm. For with the uh-huh. heart, one believes unto righteousness, meaning being in right standing, mm-hmm. and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. And so mm-hmm. uh, after we are saved, and that's where a lot of churches make their mistake, you know, when somebody accepts Christ, then they just go on and throw them in the water, so to speak, and swim for yourself. <laughs> when they have to be anchored in about what that mm-hmm. means, about having a change of heart. Gotcha. And so when I look at uh, Matthew twelve thirty four thirty five, Jesus is is talking to these what you call church folk back in those mm-hmm. days, and he called them a brood of vipers. How can you mm-hmm. being evil speak of things? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good things, and an evil man out of the evil treasures of his heart. So the word heart basically is saying our control center or our will to decide which Mm -hmm. direction that we're going into. So that's Mm -hmm. what the heart is. 
uh, put it simply, the heart is a control system mm-hmm. of who we are. Gotcha. You know, now I'm going to go off of Facebook Live. I was trying to download the information because I'm going to try to do my video first. Kept cutting me out because I need to get me a new phone, two new phones, basically. And um, so I'm going to go off Facebook. If you want to listen to the show, you can just click on the link that is tagged up under my name, or you can just um, go to Person Predicaments Blog Talk Radio. You can subscribe for free if you want to listen to this show or any upcoming shows. Also, if you want to call in, if you have any questions for the Reverend or myself, give us a call at 516-387-1914. Because, like I said, when we talk about salvation, and my, some of the things that I was finding was like, um, I'm saved now, now what? You know, because a lot of times if you're talking about people being, individuals being baptized, and after salvation, God does not leave you alone because he do have a plan your life. So we're going to be talking about that as well as giving, giving individuals a better understanding of what does it mean when we talk about salvation. Because I've heard individuals, and Michael Pleasure, you've heard individuals say, well, I got saved as a child. And they think that being saved as a child can lead them over to what they've been doing for the rest of their life. So it's kind of like many individuals will say, once saved, always saved. What's your take on that, though, Mike? Well, I found that most children really don't know what salvation is because it really hasn't been <laughs> yeah. explained to them. All they know is they were dry and they got wet and they were told mm-hmm. to hold their breath. But once again, nobody took the time to explain to them what that means. Yeah. And, and you, you've heard this saying, you know, person go in, as a dry devil and come up as a wet devil. You see no changes <laughs> in taking place, you know, with the way that they live. Now, uh-huh. one, one of the uh, purposes in Deuteronomy 11.13, it says, and it shall be with you if you earnestly obey uh-huh. my commandments, my which I command you today, to love the Lord your God, with, serve him with all your heart and with all your soul. So mm-hmm. first he said, with the heart, now he adds on the soul. Our soul mm-hmm. is our intellect, our personality, our likes and our dislikes. Mm-hmm. Our soul is who we are. Mm-hmm. This, this flesh that we live in, I call it my flesh tent. Now, mine mm-hmm. happens to be black, some is white, some is yellow, red, brown, or whatever. This is just the mm-hmm. uh, physical vehicle that we walk around in the earth in. Now, uh, getting back to what I said earlier, you have a lot of people that confess Christ and get baptized, but they really don't know what that means. Now, my particular church, we have what we call a new members class, so they can get a clear, concise understanding about what salvation means. Mm -hmm. You know, Mike, I know when you was laughing, you probably was laughing at me, teasing me about my baptism. And I still don't have my baptism certificate. <laughs> I know that's why you was laughing. That is okay. <laughs> because no, well, I'm I've there. never seen yeah. somebody get baptized and try to try to drown the preacher for baptizing them. I've never seen that before. Well, I, I, <laughs> look, I was scared. I said, if I when they told me you going down, you going with me. <laughs> okay, let me get off of this. And so we can finish the show. Again, if you want to call in, give us a call 
516-387-1914 so you can finish listening to what we're going to be talking about because we're talking about salvation. A lot of individuals don't even understand the gift of salvation. is something that many individuals have not been taught. And, and many individuals mm-hmm. are struggling with it. And also, how is salvation achieved? Because before you even get there, you got to know where you're going. And when we're looking at, you know, we're living in our last days and all that's happening in the world today, and we know that um, tomorrow is not promised to anyone, and we all will die, what happens after that? And if we are saved, what is our belief and our perception as it relates to that? So, again, click on the link. Call in if you have any questions. Bye-bye. Okay, Mike. But you know, one of the things that, that we all must understand that we were all born under a sentence of death. We were all born in sin because of the fall of Adam. And sin <clears throat> fell upon all mankind. <clears throat> and, and, and the death that the scriptures are talking about is a spiritual death. That's why, you know, uh-huh. when uh, Nicodemus went to uh, Jesus at nighttime, Jesus said, you must be born again. And, and Nicodemus thought he was talking about, well, I can't climb in my mother's womb and be born again. And Jesus was like, no, no, uh-huh. no, 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 no. You have to be born again in your spirit. The spirit uh-huh. of God, it, you know, if you go back and look at Revelation, it said that God formed a man from the dust of the ground. It said, then he breathed. And to him, a man became a living soul. God transfused, that's the word I like to use, his spirit into this lump of clay, and we became a living soul, a living personality. So it's God's mm-hmm. spirit in us, but when man sinned, it separated us in the spirit from God. And the mm-hmm. only way that we can reconnect or rejoin with him is to confess, believe, and be recreated with a new spirit. You know, the scripture says, create a new spirit in me. Create a new heart in me. So that's what the Bible is talking about. But it's talking about salvation. When I was getting this information and, you know, putting it together for the show to gain an understanding, and one of the questions that came up is, is church necessary for salvation? And that was an interesting question because we have, Believers, we have non-believers, we have different denominations, we have individuals who have their own perception of what salvation is. But is the church necessary for salvation? Well, the best example I have is Jesus Christ himself. How much time did Jesus spend in the temples and synagogues? He spent very little time. As a matter of fact, he spent his time with the thieves, the prostitutes, the cheaters, all of those people, because once again, church folk, that's what I call the Pharisees, the scribes, and the Sadducees. These were church folk. Mm-hmm. What are you doing hanging around those people? Don't you know who who you who hanging around with? He said, the sick is the one that has need of a physician. Majority of the mm-hmm. people that are outside the Christ has been outside of the church walls because mm-hmm. we need to meet people where they're at. You know, even oh, though yeah. the county of Orange County is, Said that we're not allowed to, to uh, you know, talk about spiritual things and all that kind of stuff. There were many clients that came to me and asked me about salvation and asked me about changing. And so I led them to the Lord, regardless of what the county is. I can say it now because I don't work for them. <laughs> <laughs> 
And you know what? And that's true because a lot of times, even myself, and you know the work that we um, do, and I still do. Basically, a lot of times you you need people where they are, and many of them will already have been saved, and they may have sinned, and they have a fallen start. Start, but the thing is, we talk about salvation not only talking about how it can be achieved, but it's a gift, and the gift of salvation is a gift, and the sanctification by the Word and the Spirit. And a lot of times, individuals get caught up in that because there's biblical salvation. And, you know, we must believe, we must trust, we must repent. But I've also found some information, and it was real deep as we talk about salvation and talk about the importance of it and four things we need to know about salvation. And I want to talk about that a little bit, Reverend Michael Johnson. And one of them is said it was the basis of salvation is grace. What does that, what does that mean? That's the basis of salvation is grace. Wait a minute. Say that again. I couldn't understand your question. The basis of salvation is grace, meaning, you know, because some individuals will say, well, why should I be saved? What is salvation about? And that was one of the simple steps, or the, the, I'm sorry, not the simple things, but four important things that we needed to know and understand about salvation. And the basis of salvation is grace is one. The second one was the instrument of salvation is faith. And the third one, the result of salvation is good work. And fourth, the confidence of salvation is that what God starts, he will finish. I was like, wow. Well, we all know that, you know, Salvation is nothing that you can work for. You said a second ago, it is a gift of God. Mm-hmm. And all we have mm-hmm. to do is confess with our mouth and believe in our heart, and we're saved. And the reason that we should be saved and that we want to be saved is simply putting it, you want to go to heaven or hell. There is mm-hmm. no gray area. If you die, by the time you take that last breath and you have not confessed Jesus, you don't have a relationship with him, then the Bible clearly says that you go to hell. Now, somebody asked me a question a few years back. Okay, uh, I hear what you're saying, uh, uh, Brother Mike, but what happened to the people who died before Christ came? Well, Jesus gave us an indication of the story about people died and they went to Abraham's bosom. Abraham is the father of faith. And so Mm -hmm. that's where they went to, to... be in a holding cell until Jesus died upon the cross. After Jesus died upon the cross, the Bible says that he uh, went into the bowels of the earth to set the captives free, all of those who were waiting for that great day of salvation. And Jesus Mm -hmm. emptied out all of Hades, hell, or whatever you want to call it, in Abraham's bosom, and he took him up to heaven. And then the Bible mm-hmm. tells us that hell has enlarged itself to meet the at thy coming. So mm-hmm. we don't want to go to hell right now because that is not a place to go. Now, there are one, there's one denomination that, 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 that prays, they call it purgatory. No matter what you've done on earth, if you wasn't living right, you'll go to purgatory, and then it's up to somebody else to pray into heaven. Well, that's not scriptural, and that's not true. Because mm-hmm. to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord, the Apostle Paul wrote. Or to be absent from the body, you'll be in the other place. There mm-hmm. is no gray area. 
And a lot of people say, well, I don't believe in hell. Well, I mean, that's your choice. But mm-hmm. you better look at the evidence because, I mean, when you're talking about a life eternal in torment or being in heaven, isn't it worth the time to find out for yourself to see if it's true or not? That's true. You well, for me. Because, you know, mm-hmm. Jeanette, I told you a long time ago, I was planning on living a life and doing all the sin I could do, enjoying myself, and then when I get old, I was going to accept Christ. That was my plan. But, of course, God got- had different plans for me. And you've got a lot of people that plan Russian roulette. Well, I'll accept Christ later on. But you just said a second ago, tomorrow is not promised to anybody. It's one thing that I've learned, you know, in this 65 years on earth. Nobody wakes up thinking that this is going to be their last day on earth. Nobody wakes up. Those people that were at the uh, concert down in Las Vegas, they were just going there for the weekend for uh, a country holdout. And the guy started shooting and killing. The kids in Columbine was an ordinary day. They're planning proms and graduation and stuff. And many lost their lives. They just talked about a couple of days ago with the shooting up in a place up in Oxnard. This is either the first or the second anniversary. Nobody wakes Mm -hmm. up thinking that this is going to be their last day. You know, we're told, choose you this day who you're going to serve, because the mall's not promised to anyone. Right. I mean, you know, like we're seeing that now with COVID. Look at how many people are being diagnosed with COVID. Some are making it, some are not. They're not thinking that they're going to just die. They think that they're going to survive, you know. Now, when I was asking the question, well, not asking the question, putting out what the information that I found, I found it again, and it was, I found it in crosswalks.com, basically, and they provide a lot of different information, a lot of information. Now, as it reads, and it says, believe without following Jesus is simply belief. Anyone can believe in God intellectually. In fact, even those who hate God may believe he exists. And we find that a lot with atheists. Now, Satan and his demons, and there is a difference in someone saying, I believe in God, and someone living out their salvation. The Bible is clear that we must believe and we must follow but in order to follow, we must first be saved. Now, there's a guy by the name of Pastor J.D. Greer, and he shares his thoughts on salvation and his devotion, and we were talking about the four critical elements of salvation. When I was talking and I asked the first question in regards to the statement that the basis of salvation is grace, and what he indicates is in Ephesians 2, 8 through 10, or by grace you've been saved, you faith. And this is not your own doing. It is a gift from God not the results of work, so that no one may vote. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So when they talk about the basis of salvation is grace, without grace, salvation is not possible. Now, who's grace? If this is the fallen world, and we can produce nothing good apart from God, then this grace has come from outside of us. This is God's grace. Grace must come from the one you are indebted to. So that's where they put it in regards to taking it back to the creator. Well, you know, grace is the ability grace is the ability of God to do in us what we cannot do for ourselves. 
Mercy mm-hmm. is receiving God's unmerited favor, something that we did not deserve to have. You mentioned that word mm-hmm. gift. It is a gift. Now I can I can uh, uh, buy a, buy you a present, wrap it up, and put a nice little bow on it. And I say, Jeanette, I have a gift for you. If you say you don't want it, I can't make you take it. But knowing mm-hmm. you, I know you. You take the gift. You tear that thing up to see what's inside. It's nothing that you earned. It's nothing that you deserve. It is a gift. And one of the things uh, uh, the Lord tells us that you will know or the world will know that you belong to me by you following my regulations, my decree, my rule, my statutes, my commandments. The word statue means uh, in the uh, Greek, I mean, excuse me, in the Hebrew, hakeb, which means that we are obeying God's word. Because everything, a lot of people don't understand, everything that comes out of God's mouth is not a suggestion. It is a command. Because he mm-hmm. sits in the position of what? As king. Everything that comes out of a king's mouth is a command and is not to be violated. But God is so compassionate with his love for us, he gives us a choice. He said, these are my commands, these are my blueprints, and the road to salvation. But you have a choice, whether you want to receive it or not, whether you want to follow it or not. We have a choice. Mm-hmm. You know, in Proverbs 2, 2, it says, incline your ear to wisdom and apply your heart to understanding. It is our choice. In 3, in Proverbs 3, 5, it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean out to your own understanding. We are limited Mm -hmm. in what we can understand and what we can comprehend. That's Mm -hmm. why the Lord left us with the Holy Spirit, which he said will guide us in all truth understanding. Mhm. Okay. Now, Mike, when we talk about the salvation, and a lot of times when individuals are um, going to things, and like you said, you know, get in trouble, normally that's what makes y'all crying out, Lord, Lord, you know, what must I do to be saved? And they're struggling. What is the first step? Because a lot of individuals, like you said, we don't, you know, we'd be like, Lord, I'm not ready yet. Or, you know, I want to still have some fun. When you indicated what you said in regards to you wanted to have all the fun, you said then wait till you got old. And I had a pastor, he used to say that there's a lot of individuals that have been saved practically all their life to get older because they're bust the bottom out of hell, even though we don't have a heaven or hell to put nobody in. But it's that mindset we have. But how and what get people or can get individuals to that point to where we know because salvation is a given salvation is free. Yeah, well, Jesus told us, behold, I stand at the door mm-hmm. is not. Every day mm-hmm. that you wake up, the Holy Spirit is knocking on your door. Mm-hmm. Knocking your door so that you can open up your heart to receive salvation. Now, depending on how we live in our life, the voice is very, very hard to hear if we're living in the flesh. But God lays out specifically uh, uh, what happens if you live according to the flesh or if you live according to the spirit. Lord, just drop this in my heart right now. Let me 
read this, and it'll, it'll make this a little bit more clearer. What I'm trying to say, I think this is over in Galatians. Give me a sec. Okay. Oh, here it is. This is Galatians, the fifth chapter, 16th verse. This is talking about walking in the Spirit. And these are the mm-hmm. attributes of a person that is walking in concert and right relationship with the Lord. And it says, I say there, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh, lust against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh, which means they are at war with one another. And these mm-hmm. are contrary to one another, so that you do not do the things that you wish, but if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law, which means the curse of the law, which we were all born into sin. Now this talks about, these are the things of the flesh, which means you are not saved. A Christian that's fallen after God's word do not, does not participate in these things. First one they name is adultery. Fornication, mm-hmm. uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contention, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambition, dissension, heresies, envies, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like, things that are like this, of which I tell you before, just as I've told you in time past, those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. When it's talking about practice, it's talking about uh, uh, having that lifestyle, the iniquity is living that lifestyle of sin. But it said if you live by the Spirit or if you're in right relationship with God, then these are the manifestations. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control against such there is no law. And those mm-hmm. who are Christ have crucified the flesh and its passions. And see, that's the other thing that we have to do. Every day, I don't know about anybody else, but I know me. Every day, I have to crucify my flesh. Yeah. Every I've day, heard, I have to submit myself yeah. to God's power and authority over my life. You don't think mm-hmm. I like like to chase women? You don't think I like to get out there and party and all that kind of stuff? That's what my flesh wants to do. Mm-hmm. But that would not be walking, you know, and pleasing God. So I have to win this battle every day. It's not that you fight every once in a while. You have to fight this battle every day to keep this flesh under. Because the flesh wants to do what the flesh wants to do. Mhm. That is true. That is so true. And you know, and that's a lot of times when you're talking about talking to individuals, that's one of their biggest issues is the flesh. And the flesh wanna do what the flesh wanna do, what it makes me feel good. Or I got time, and then you mess around, and you don't have no time. Now, and when we talk about not only what must I do to be saved, and telling the individual what salvation is not. Now, this information coming from FocusOnTheFamily.com, and it talks about that salvation is not before clarifying salvation in biblical terms. It's helpful to look at ways of salvation that they're not in line with Christian theology, because a lot of times, you know, it's either the Christian theology we're looking at biblical salvation what our mamas told us, what our grandmamas told us, and we basically have to just, and that's just the name of few. But when it comes to salvation and Christianity, it saves uh, your sinners, not self-centered. For it is by grace, 
you've been saved, you saved, and this is not from yourself, and like we talked about, it's a gift, but neither is salvation universal, meaning that not everyone will be saved. And you know what, Mike, I think that's where a lot of times we struggle because it's not really up to us. But this does not mean that God does not love everyone. And I think that, especially when we talk about sinners, when we talk about individuals, and there are individuals that may willfully sin after salvation, but a lot of times individuals feel that they don't deserve to be loved. They don't. And, and the thing is, when we talk about that God, um, when we talk about that God loves everyone, he wants all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. And in First Timothy yeah. 2, 4, but only Christ is the way and the truth and the life. And that's in John 14, 6. So in, salvation is not found in legalism, either strict adherence to a list of do's and don'ts, and not what Christian salvation is about. And Romans 3, 20 reads, no one will be declared righteous in his or God's sight by observing the law. Rather, through the law, we become conscious of sin. We all fall short of the glory of God, and that's in Romans 3.23. Now, some beliefs claim that salvation in the biblical sense is not required, but instead of terms such as spiritual liberation or enlightenment are used. Most of the time, this is found in a variation of Eastern world views, such as, and they call it pantheism. Usually the core idea is that human beings need only realize that they are perfect and divine, resulting in salvation. And that's where you get into the church part, Mike, because a lot of times when we see a lot of church individuals, holy rollers, and they can say what my, what my pastor used to say, Jesus Christ, first cousin, I'm saying you're not saved. Who are we to judge other people? Well, one way I have to, huh? I said that's why we have to let individuals also have a better understanding of what salvation even is, or what it means to be, or what salvation is even about. Well, one one, one way I look at this, you know, uh, the Bible clearly says, "Judge not, lest you be judged." Mm-hmm. But I can be a fruit inspector. Me and my pastor was having a conversation, and I was growing weary with a lot of ministers that I've met. You know, uh, I'm I'm preaching, you know, guest preacher at a church, and they're talking about how much money they're going to collect. I talk about big legs, sister so-and-so. And and I'm like, really? Mm. And, 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 And one of the things I found out, you've got a lot of ministers that are not living a godly life, and they thank God is going to wink his eye at what they're doing, and he's not. God is not winking his eye at what they're doing. Now, you mentioned earlier that, that, you know, some Christians willfully sin because they Mm -hmm. fall into one of Satan's traps. But God makes a provision for us if we do fall, and that's over in uh, 1 John 1, 9. It says, uh, see, where you at, where you at? Oh, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Now, we know mm-hmm. that righteous is being in right standing, so if we are unrighteous, we're not in right standing with the Father. It says if we confess. You know, because mm-hmm. over in Hebrews, uh, it talks about God 
everything is open and naked before the eyes of the Lord. So he sees everything anyway. He sees mm-hmm. us when we sin. Just because we don't receive the immediate consequences for our sin doesn't mean that he didn't see what we did. Mm-hmm. And when God, and you know, I've, I've used this analogy before. When God was walking in the Garden of Eden in the cool of the evening, did you really think he didn't know where Adam and Eve were? He knew. Uh-huh. But God will he always knew. ask us a question. Uh-huh. And the reason and that he asks us a question is so we can acknowledge the condition that we're in. Yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. I was going to say, not only what we're doing, also what we're thinking. We can have them thoughts, and we know we be wrong. You know you're wrong for even having a little, little, little thought. But one of the things well, I wanted to what say. Jesus said? Jesus said, <laughs> I'm glad you said that. Because Jesus said, before you were told, if you commit adultery with a woman, that's sin. But he said, now I'm telling you, he who looks upon a woman with lust in his heart, that's sin. Mm-hmm. So you're right. Mm-hmm. You're absolutely right. That's that thought process. And then you know mm-hmm. that formula that I came with. With every thought brings forth an action. Uh-huh. Action develops habits. Habits develops your you know, your destiny in your country. So so I I would be safe to say that Jesus knew what he's talking about. Because everything that we do, whether good or bad, is always conceived in the mind first. Yeah, it is. It is. That'd be like me coming to Fullerton. Before I, when I woke up this morning, I knew I was going to Pepe's to go get me a burrito. And I, Lord, I didn't want to eat the whole burrito. I said, Lord, I don't want to see it. I don't want to deal in gluttony. But I knew I was going to come out here and get me a burrito. <laughs> That's exactly uh-huh. what I did. Drove, got in my car, drove my foot right on out here to Pepe. It was already in my mind. I already knew what I was going to do. Now, when we talk about um, salvation and it being important, and because they believe that without salvation from sin, we will never be able to have a proper relationship with God. A lot of times we get so caught up in religion, we forget about relationship. It's your relationship with God. And their sins will not be forgiven, for they will not be able to enter into heaven. So that's why when we start talking about the salvation, if you, it's like any other type of relationship, Mike. If I'm in a relationship with you, I know my dues and my don'ts. I know i got to respect you. I know i got to do these things. I know that I'm going to be held accountable. But a lot of times people think that they can sneak and do things. They think, oh, well, he ain't watching me right now, so I can go over here, I can go over there. Because I knew God knew I was going to go get that burrito. So it's the relationship. So that's one of Stop laughing at me, Mike. <laughs> well, I know, I know how you and food is. Now, check this out. I'm glad you brought that up. In Ephesians 6, 6, it says, not with eye service as men do, or as men pleasers, but as bond servants of Christ doing the will of God from your heart. And so I looked up that word, bond servant, which by being a bond servant is having total commitment to Christ, emptying of your self-will, and walking in deep humility before the Lord, faithfully obeying every word that comes out of his mouth. And that says a lot. You know what? God don't like religion either. Believe mm-hmm. it or not. God don't like religion because religion is man's way of trying to garner God's attention and mercy and grace. And it says it's not by works that you've been saved, but it's a gift mm-hmm. of God. Once again, 
You know, you got people that go around knocking on the door and they have to get so many doors knocked and talk to so many people every day or they're going to be in the bad graces of Almighty God. That's not true. That's not what God has told us to do. God has given us the Great Commission over in Mark mm-hmm. sixteen fifteen to go to all out go out throughout the whole world and preach the gospel. You know, if somebody mm-hmm. called my number by mistake, a wrong number, I'll preach in Jesus to him. When I pay mm-hmm. my bills, I'll put a scripture in my bills. If they want my money, then they can hear a scripture too. <laughs> it's having that mindset, having that attitude. You don't go around uh-huh. shoving uh, Jesus down people's throats because that'll turn them off. But Apostle Paul tells us to look for an opportunity. And mm-hmm. God will always present an opportunity for us mm-hmm. to present that gospel. Because And some people are so heavenly minded, they're no earthly good. Oh, ooh, ooh. you know what? That right there is going to be a show. <laughs> you know what? That you say what? I said that needs to be a show for next week. Heavenly minded, but no earthly good. And that is so, so true. That one right there gave me cold chills. Wow. <laughs> well, I remember some of the past stories, you know, you told me about your encounters with preachers and your mom's encounters with preachers. Were they truly men of God? I would dare say mm-hmm. not. You know what? Not everybody that says, people. Lord, Lord, is going to enter into the kingdom. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, I tell you, I see preachers, I've read the rumors. It's just something about, I'm like, for real? Why, Lord, why? I'm not trying to be nobody's first lady and all that mess. But, um, yeah. So when we talked about um that, and you, you just threw me off. You got me laughing with that, but it's all good. When we start talking about even the benefits, you know, in regards to talking about is there benefits, there's always going to be benefits. There's always going to be consequences. There's always going to be, it's like, which side you going to be on? Who are you rolling for? You know, and I'm looking at something, and it talks about the benefits of salvation. And one, it says we are saved. Salvation is a general term that the Bible uses to describe the miracle of grace. And we talked about this, God performs on us. So we talked about that. The second reason our, our benefit of salvation is the Holy Spirit indwells in us. Mike, can you talk about that a little bit in regards to one of the benefits of salvation and talking about it in our heart because the Holy Spirit is in our heart. So can you explain what that means? Well, see, a lot of person, a lot of persons, a lot of people <laughs> misunderstand what the Godhead is. Mm-hmm. We have God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. When we confess with our mouth and believe in our heart, then God, the Holy Spirit, comes and lives inside of us. But Mm -hmm. it's contingent on if we obey and follow God's word. Let Mm -hmm. me look this up right quick since you asked that question. It's over here in John 14. Okay. Jesus answered and said, excuse me, 1423. Jesus answered and said to him, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word. 
So it's contingent that if you say you love Christ, then you're going to keep his word. And mm-hmm. if my father will love him, but check this part out, and we will come to him and make our home with him. That says it right there, daughter. Mm-hmm. Yes, it is. If you and love me, mm-hmm. you will obey my word. And if you obey my word, my father and me will come and make our home inside of you by way of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. When the Holy Spirit has taken residence in your life, you still have to submit to his power and authority over your life every day, which means an acknowledgement. Mm-hmm. Now, light and darkness cannot occupy the same space. It is spiritually impossible. It's physically impossible. It's scientifically impossible. You're either going to be in light or you're going to be in darkness. There is no middle. I hear a lot of people want to use the word, well, I'm a good person, and I do this and do that. There is none righteous, no, not one. Mm -hmm. We live by the golden rule. Well, the golden rule is something that man made up. God gave us two commandments, and then man added 613 more ordinances and laws. And when I looked at them, I looked at one and I had to scratch my head. It said, man shall not lie down with a beast as with a woman. That's in Leviticus. And I'm like, why did they put that in there? Well, they had to put that in there because somebody was doing it. Yes, they will. Yes, they will. And, you know, another benefit Mike said to talk about is the Christian knows God. Now, it says every person knows that God exists, and that's in Romans 1, but only the Christian knows that God knows God personally. This is true in regards to the knowledge, and it is the heart-to-heart personal relationship, which is what we talked about earlier. And it is part of having eternal life, which is in John 17:3, and it says God granted us this privilege in Matthew 11:27. We know him because he first knew us. And in First Corinthians, well, it even says that before we were formed in my mother's, before we was even formed in our mother's womb, God knew us. That's true. That's true. And even the, another benefit is we are united to Christ, and that's the similar union of the Holy Spirit, and we are adopted into God's family. And that's a part of what happens with salvation Because once we were children of the devil God took us out of the family And made us his own children Now God is our father Our believers are our brothers And sisters And Christ is our elder brother Now that's where It kind of goes into being adopted And talking about a child of, of God And we are no longer Under the wrath now, let's talk about that a little bit, Mike, when we talk about salvation by not being under the wrath. Because sometimes well, we you know, know that you know uh, don't mean you ain't going to be in trouble. Yeah, a better word than adopted would be we have been grafted in. Now, the Bible mm-hmm. describes us as Gentiles as being a wild olive branch. And then it says that we have been grafted in which you cannot tell the wild olive branch from the natural because we have been grafted in. Mm-hmm. And that, that, that makes a big difference. And because we have been grafted in, 
we can lay hold of the promises that God gave Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Mm-hmm. Now, when we talk now, about, uh, go ahead. I'm sorry. You have another question? No, no. I'm listening because I'm listening because I'm about to go into a whole new question that I was struggling with when, and I just saw it now. But I'm gonna let you finish, and then I have a really important question to ask you. Okay, so so when we when we understand that we have been grafted in, then we go back and we look at the benefits that God says we have. We can go and look at the benefits once again over in Deuteronomy 28th chapter. These are the benefits that we get when we're in right relationship with Almighty God. Mm-hmm. Okay, go ahead. My question takes us right back where we were before, not only with how salvation is achieved. We know that we're talking about it. We didn't speak on it a lot in regards to what is external salvation. But when I brought it up, and I we talked about it earlier, and I text, when we talked to Lee when I was texting you this morning, one says always says, and that many believers believe that they cannot lose their salvation. And as, even as I'm looking at this information, it talks about we cannot lose our salvation. And one of the great glories of salvation is that it is permanent. Now, this is a ratchet effect that once saved, always saved. It is not because of our own self or even our own faith. It is that basically it says ultimately dependent upon God. Now, a lot of times individuals feel that that's what I'm kind of confused with, backsliding, and, you know, and people think or say that they've been living a certain way and then they turn from, they go a certain way. Please clarify what that means to me when we talk about once saved, always saved, or you cannot lose your salvation. Well, see, that's why I'm a word person. That's why I like the Hebrew and the Greek. Uh, earlier I mentioned the, uh, living a life of iniquity. Mm-hmm. Iniquity is living a lifestyle of sin. That's why I read over in Galatians, the fifth chapter, those who practice such things. A Christian is not going to live a lifestyle of committing adultery, having sex, uh, getting high, cheating, stealing, all those types of things. That is not Christian behavior, and that is not a reflection of who God Mm -hmm. is if you truly have God, the Holy Spirit, living inside of you. Now, what that scripture mm-hmm. is really saying, uh, nobody, uh, wait, wait a minute, let me, let me back up a little bit. There's a scripture that talks about that we have been sealed with an unbreakable seal. No darkness can come and separate us from God. Mm-hmm. There is nothing on earth that can take us out of God's hands by way of salvation. But some people will take that take that saying, once saved, always saved, and, and use that as an excuse for bad behavior. Well, I'm saying, mm-hmm. so I'll just do what I want to do, and I'll go asking God forgiveness. But you got to remember, God looks at your heart. Remember what I quoted a little bit ago? Not everybody mm-hmm. that says, Lord, Lord, is going to enter into the kingdom of heaven. You Correct. cannot be a Christian and live a life of sin. Jesus clearly said, that those who practice those things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. I would strongly direct people to read John the 14th and the 15th chapter. He makes it clear. You have to have somebody help you misunderstand what he's saying. Mm-hmm. Let's look over at 15, uh, chapter 15 right now. 
starting with verse 1, it says, I'm the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me, every branch in me, with the branches, that does not bear fruit, he takes away, and every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine and you my branches. So if we are embedded in Christ, we know that Christ walked the earth and did not sin, did he? If we are embedded with Christ, if we're attached to him by way of the Holy Spirit, we can't live a life of iniquity and be comfortable about it. Because I know Mm -hmm. when I do something wrong, the Holy Spirit grieves, and I feel real bad about what I've done. And sometimes God will spank me for something <laughs> I've done. And when wow. God spanks you, it hurts. That's true. And that is true. Now, we kind of brought it up a little bit in regards to um, external salvation. And a lot of times we're talking about after salvation, and you were talking about the heart. And after salvation, God does not leave you alone. He does have a plan for your life. And a lot of times individuals will either run to the altar, they'll they'll want to get baptized because they see all their friends been saying that they were baptized, or they think that if I give all my money to the church, I can get into heaven, and that's not going to work. But what comes next? And like I said, you're not alone. It won't leave you alone. And many individuals don't know what comes after salvation, and they receive Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior. Now, well, when you start talking about that, and you, you, you spoke on the new beginners, I mean the new members club. And see, I was under the impression that you have to do the new members club before you even go try to get baptized. That you should do all of that first, and um, and then you know things just start happening. But it goes into the order. It says, but believing in Jesus Christ is just the beginning of our Christian life. So much more life is, and these are some of the things they talk about, being baptized. Believing in Jesus Christ is an inward aspect of our salvation, and being baptized is the outward affirmation of our salvation. So after we believe, the next step is baptism. These two go together. Now in Mark 16, 16, it says, He who believes and is baptized shall be saved. But, we talk about the second part when they're talking about in regards to belief in the New Testament recovery version, it also helps us see why both believing and being baptized are necessary. Mike, what is your take on that? Because some individuals will say they believe, but they never been baptized. Some people will say that they've been baptized and they are non-believers. What's going on with that? You can't be baptized and be a non-believer because what happens is when the preacher opens up the doors of the church, and as mm-hmm. anybody would accept Jesus Christ, it's through the leading and through the tugging of the Holy Spirit that you go up there and shake his hand and you say, I want to accept this Jesus as my Lord and my Savior. See, a lot of people know Jesus as Savior, but they don't want to know him as Lord because that means mm-hmm. he has the Lordship over your life. So that's the mm-hmm. first thing that happens. You accept Jesus Christ, and it says once you confess and believe in your heart, you're saved. Now, the second mm-hmm. part of that is you have to be taught. Correct. And that's, and that's where that comes. It says, study to show thyself 
approve or work with ye do not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Uh, it says that, for uh, said over in the Romans, oh, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So to each man has been given a measure of faith. To each man has, that has that mustard seed faith. So both of these scriptures are indicative of a process of growing, and the only way that you're going to grow in the mastery of God's word is to study and to surround mm-hmm. yourself with prayer and study and teaching and preaching and praying, and it's the Holy Spirit that guides us into all truth and understanding. Mm-hmm. So it is a process. I'm not the same Mike Johnson today that I was five years ago. Mm-hmm. I'm not the same that I was 20 years ago. And so mm-hmm. on and so forth. Every day we wake up, God adds something new to us for those of us who are in right relationship. Those who are not in relationship with Christ, he's still standing at the door knocking. Mm-hmm. Well, i got to confess something. I got to confess and I got to repent because when you were talking about that and I was talking about people going down the aisle or going to the pastor, one of my pastors told me I had to stop being so violent in church because I would, I would bully folks, make them go to church, bribe them with food, and then when it came time and that question was asked, I'd pop them in the head, make them stand up, or if they were sitting by the edge of the aisle, I'd kick them in the aisle, kick them and make them go down the aisle. So I was I was I was there with that. So that's probably why I asked the question in regard to they'll go up there, but it wasn't like they went down there on their own. I kind of like um, pushed them, hit them in the head, knocked them down the aisle. I, I, I you know, and I, one time I think my pastor saw me and he said, "Man, you got to stop being so violent in the church." <laughs> yeah. I would take baby look, pop them in the back of the head. Him and my cousin both be standing up at the same. <laughs> so, wow. yeah, I was, I was, I was, um, I, I, I would do that. You know, I would take girl, ladies that I knew that was in trouble or was promiscuous, and you know, and I'll keep bumping them, bumping them till they fall off their seat, and then the pastor get their attention. You know, and yeah, I was, I was, I was wrong for that. I was, so I apologize to those that I did that to. <laughs> Well, well, trust me, we all, all of this is a growing process. We grow day by day by precept upon precept, concept upon concept. I have had scriptures that I've read 40 or 50 times, and then when mm-hmm. I read it for the 51st time, I'm like, I never saw this before. Not mm-hmm. like this. God takes you deeper and deeper into, into his revelation. And a lot of people equate it just like with therapy, like peeling an onion. Onion, yeah. God is so deep and so wise in mm-hmm. what he does. And, 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 and it's so awesome. And he, he you know, in, in, in the counseling field, we have what we call a treatment plan. And the treatment Correct. plan is an assessment that we make for somebody for them to follow in order them to get from point A to point B. Well, God mm-hmm. has the greatest treatment plan for all of us. He knows Jeanette's likes and dislikes. He knows Jeanette's strengths, and he knows Jeanette's shortcomings. So what God does, he has a treatment plan for you that's going to work for you specifically because mm-hmm. what 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 God does with me, he can't do with you. 
And what he does with you, he can't do with me. We're all individuals in God's eyes. Now, Mm -hmm. I, I accepted Jesus Christ because I didn't want to go to hell. I fell in love with Jesus later on with my walk with him. Some people mm-hmm. will accept Jesus from the love message. Some people will accept Jesus out of fear because they don't want to go to hell. We all mm-hmm. have different reasons. But once we make that commitment, once we make that confession, then God puts us on the road to salvation, teaching us and showing us individually mm-hmm. which is going to help us best. Come on. Uh, let me read over here. This is over in Galatians, the third chapter. Mm-hmm. And I'll read mm-hmm. uh, four verses, and this gives us a little insight. If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on things of the earth. For you died, and your life is hidden with Christ and God. When Christ, who is our life, appears, then you will also appear with him. And glory, but this part right here it says, "For you died, and your life is hidden with Christ." Mm-hmm. God put something inside of you a long time ago, which has been hidden from you, and God is mm-hmm. hidden that from you on purpose. Because what do we want to do? We always want to see what God is doing, and God mm-hmm. is trying to get us to the point where we walk by faith and not by sight. Not by sight. Mm-hmm. So the hidden thing that's within us, he's telling us to trust him, to put the faith in him, and go in the direction that he has sent us in, and the hidden things will start to become apparent as he reveals them ongoing with our walk with him. Does that make mm-hmm. sense to you? It does. It does. And that goes back into the next one when we talk about what comes next is consecrate yourself to the Lord. And another step we need to take after we've been saved is to consecrate ourselves to the Lord. To consecrate yourself means to give yourself to the Lord. And Paul says in Romans 12:1, I exhort you, therefore, brothers and sisters, through compassion of God, to present yourself, your body, a living sacrifice, holy, well-pleasing to God, which is your reasonable service. Now, a lot of times we get kind of caught up in that, but the thing is, through consecrating yourself to God helps us walk in his way, grow in his life, and enjoy his salvation. It also allows God to work in us. And we got to remember, also remember we talk about salvation and being transformed is a lifelong process. Because even after believe and, and baptized, we begin to undergo a lifelong process of Christ spreading from our regenerated spirit into our entire being, filling us with himself, and it's that transformation. Now, a lot of times when we're talking about even being transformed, and let's go, kind of go back to what you were saying, you're not the same person now that you was five years ago, even before then, because we're kind of, we're being transformed. Mm-hmm. You, uh, Jeanette, you know what editing means, right? I know who? Editing. No, I don't. I, I can't. When you edit, when you edit something, editing. Yes, yeah. yes, yeah. editing, yes. Yeah. And editing, and, 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 and I use that word, you know, you use the word transform, but I think people might even better understand. Our life is constantly being edited, which means some things that used to be there, God is taking out and putting new things there. It's editing. So when we come to the end of this life, our whole story will be told. Just like a writer mm-hmm. that writes a book, he edits this, 
takes this in, he puts this out, he changes around, so the story will come out perfectly. So all of us who name the name of Jesus, we are constantly being edited mm-hmm. by the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Well, Mike, you provided a lot of good information. I appreciate you. As we talked about today's topic in regards to um, after salvation and talking about the heart because it's all in our heart and our relationship. And next week, let's talk about heavenly minded, but earthly, but no earthly good. Oh, you like that? <laughs> you know, uh, like okay. That. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> because you know what? And because a lot of times individuals don't realize that they really don't. And I find that, especially when you start talking about even relationship with other people, you know, even being a therapist, I see it as there's a lot of um, young adults that are struggling with relationship with their parents where their parents may be heavenly minded but no earthly good, and they can't connect with their young adult children, and they're losing them, and they're, they're turning their young children, young adults, away from God. Because I was going to say earlier when you were talking about when you decided to turn your life over, I had to realize that there was a difference between the pastor and who God was because I thought God was using the pastor. And if God was using somebody like that, I didn't want to have nothing to do with it. So that was my mind as a kid, even though I used to have to sing in choirs and my mother dragged me to church. I'm like, "Uh uh-uh, if this is how it's going to go down, I don't want to have nothing to do with this. So it wasn't until I got older, even though it was in me, I rebelled and I fought against it because I was looking at man and not realizing that there was a God because I thought by, at that time I'm looking at leadership. I didn't realize people was abusing their authority. So I had to learn God for who he was. Because you're like, if this guy represents a God, I don't want nothing to do with it. I, I That's am what I want. That's a lot what I want. of people that I call it called church hurt that has been hurt by mm-hmm. the church because of the way they were treated. Correct, but see, but I, I was too young to even view it as church hurt because I was a kid. So when you were a kid and you watching this as a kid, you don't know nothing about no church hurt, even though I knew them people, some of them was mean, but it was just, but you know what, but that's where I was then, that's not where I'm at now, and I thank my mother, I thank Delano, I thank Anthony Gray, you, all of you that have poured into me, that even when I want to go astray, y'all be like on my butt, sometimes y'all get on my nerves. So I don't talk to y'all because you know I do that in a heartbeat. <laughs> yeah, I know you hide from me in a minute. <laughs> I ghost you. <laughs> I learned how to ghost you. <laughs> they ask you, you talk, you talk with Minister Mike yet? You like no? <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to talk to him. I used to do that with Lisa too, Doctor Lisa Robey. They be like, you talk to Lisa? Mm-mm, I don't want to talk to her. I don't want to talk to Tisha. I don't want to talk to them. Leave me alone. <laughs> Leave me alone. Leave me alone. You know what you so, go here. I know, I'm the one to hear all of that. Okay, so again, I want to thank you for joining us here at Precious Indigenous Blog Talk Radio next Tuesday. We will talk about being heavenly minded, but no earthly good. And if you want to just click to subscribe to the channel, you can, and that way I don't have to keep tagging folks. But again, thank you for joining us. And until next week, remember, you got this. Thank you, Mike. Talk to you later. Bye bye. All right. Goodbye, everybody. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, 
Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.